Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the godfather of the rock and roll scene here in Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Benji Brown. Benji, how you doing, bro? I'm good. Hanging in there. You know, it's election day, kind of still. It's, yeah. it's going to be election week for a while, so yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm in the same boat, man. I'm in the same boat. But at least uh, we we have a, an hour or so to talk about wrestling and kind of distract us from the garbage of uh, craziness that's happening in the world right now. Yeah, that's the only positive I've been looking forward to all day long. So. Yeah, I'm I'm super <laughs> pumped about this one. Today's show it's a little hodgepodge. Uh, we're covering NXT's version of Halloween Havoc, uh, the TV special, and it's going to be going up against. Um, 1991 Survivor Series. Uh, so yeah, quite a throwback there. Some nostalgia versus the current products. Um, let's just start right off here with the with NXT Halloween Havoc. It's been almost 20 years. So it's been, I, I guess, exactly 20 years. 2000 was the last one we had Halloween Havoc, and um, NXT is bringing it back. Uh, the intro was kind of random to me with Shotzi Blackheart just kind of scream laughing and sharpening a cleaver with a but you know, with a saw, I don't know, with a power tool. I don't really know what was happening. I don't and then, either. And then there was some random, like, guitar play solo guy. And I thought, I straight up thought it was Killian Dane. I, I, it looked exactly like him. It wasn't, uh, apparently. What did you think about that whole open and that whole NXT bringing Halloween Havoc back? I liked it just because it was cheesy. And, and yeah. because <laughs> it, it reminded me of that WCW, like, 2000s, like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I liked it. Shotzi, I like her as a wrestler and I like her look, it's a little annoying because I mean, she just howled and screamed a lot and a lot. And yeah. It just wouldn't stop. But I mean, I, I liked it for what it was. It was cheesy enough that where, you know, I got where they were coming from. So, yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, again, I'm, I'm always a big fan of like nostalgia. I think that if you own the trademarks to all these WCW shows, you should find a way to use them for sure. Um, they finally are now. I mean, yeah. uh, with with World War Three or War Games, and then now Halloween Havoc. I mean, yeah. I, I like it. So yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm super pumped here. And the first matchup on the card is Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. Uh, and I guess after they did the uh, the spin the wheel to make the deal, it was a Devil's Playground match. Um, Benji, what do you think about this Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano match? That wheel stopped pretty quickly, didn't it? It, <laughs> <Yeah>. was, <laughs> it was very... That wasn't worked out. at all, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, the second one was even worse, but we'll get to that. But anyway, yeah. um, okay, so I missed about 90 seconds of it. My cable kind of missed out. I got to see Damien, Damien Priest come out with a guitar player and everything. I'm a huge fan of Damien Priest. I think he's yeah. great. I liked him uh, when he was in Ring of Honor. Um, I, reala- I didn't realize he was as old as he is. You know how old he is? He's 36, right? He's 38. 38 I, know, okay. I, I was thinking he was like 31, 32. So mm-hmm. I looked up his age and that kind of threw me for a loop. But so it skipped out and I didn't see the entrance for Gargano. And all I saw him was stop, him stomping on a pumpkin. So was yeah. the pumpkin part of his entrance? Or... Yeah, so they had the uh, they had the inflatable pumpkin like they normally have it, like Halloween Havoc. And Johnny Gargano, being a heel, just like got a box cutter and just like opened it up and like deflated it all. Uh, just okay. so the crowd would boo. It was just cheap heat. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, no, that's great. That's what I expect. That's what I thought happened. But the way that it skipped, it went from Damian Priest's face to Jack Skellington kicking a dead pumpkin or what yeah. looks like a dead pumpkin so it yeah. kind of you know um 
I don't know, man. The match was was good. I I thought they worked well together. I thought they utilized like the 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 whole area that they were wrestling in the the cheesiness with the caskets and the backstage stuff and I mean it, the whole vibe of the intro and the first match was just old school WCW and I I dug it I mean yeah said before you know I wasn't a huge WCW fan but I've seen matches here and there and everything and it just it all reminded me of WCW and and I don't I didn't like that Gargano won the title I felt like if they're going to put the title on Gargano, then they have to do it to Candace, right? So I'm like, yeah. I was thinking that they were just, they were just giving us the ending of the, you know, the women's match. Right. But um, I don't know what, I don't understand the point of Damian Priest losing it. Like, where does Damian Priest go from here? It looks like Gargano is going to go after Bronson or Bronson's going to come back and go after Gargano, which is, I get it. Bronson's talented and he deserves it. But I just don't know what this leaves for Damian Priest. Uh, I think Damian Priest is going to end up on the blue or red brands before. Like, I, I think he's on like a Keith Lee trajectory. I don't necessarily think that he's even going to have to win the NXT title before they move him up. I think he's just going to go up pretty soon. Uh, again, too, because of his age. Like, I think it just makes more sense for him to be on Raw or SmackDown now. Plus, too, like, he is more of a sports entertainer style wrestler. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he, is more of, he has more of that main roster vibe. He's not so much a quote-unquote workhorse or a, you know, a mechanic in the ring, or whatever you want to call it. He's not, he's not a, a spot specialist the way most of NXT style is. He's right, more of he a does. throwback to, like, an Attitude Era kind of wrestler. Yeah, he takes those boxes for Vince, which is yes, what for sure. Happen so yeah, and if Damien's going to hit the main roster, it needs to be now sooner than later, given his age. So yeah, I, I agree. Are we still doing six packs? Are yeah, six, six packs, packs. Yeah, I gave this four out of six. Yeah, yeah. I'm, dude, I'm right there with you. I think four out of six for me too was pretty fair. Uh, I I like the. Uh, the the you know the 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 couple the couple things they did outside the ring they like opened up a, a casket and then like a fake like skeleton popped out and spooked Gargano and he super kicked him back into the casket I thought that was super funny that to was, me yeah. uh, and they utilized the props well I thought uh, I mean it, it'll be interesting to see who the cheesy guy in the scream mask is or was I haven't Are watched they rumored to that yet or? I, I don't know I don't know okay. I'm sure I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out we'll know we'll probably know tonight on NXT. Um, we're filming. We record this on a, on Wednesdays, boys and girls, and it drops on Saturdays. So Daddy has enough time to make sure it sounds good. So, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I like the sliced bread on the steel steps. I thought that was super cool. There was there was a lot of really cool spots here, but it wasn't a quote unquote spot fest uh, match. There was a lot of psychology here. It made sense for me. Okay, so it makes sense for me for Gargano to have won the title. I just think that he should have won it prior to this show. I think you've already kind of degraded him by having him cheat to win and then not win so many times that now it's like, I mean, yeah, you finally got the win, but it's like this really should have happened maybe last takeover. Um, now, now, I mean, Priest to me is going to be fine. You know, one way or the other, he's going to end up on the main roster or or whatever or wherever they want to put him. Uh, but I, I'm in the same boat. I gave I gave this about four four beers out of the six pack. I I, I pretty 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 thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but let's jump on over here to the Nostalgia Show. It's uh, 1991. It's Survivor Series. And right off the bat, you just hear Gorilla Monsoon. And that always makes me nostalgic. They also had a really cool vignette package for Jake the Snake and Macho. I had forgotten all about that angle. Uh, and I just I remember seeing it and being super hype. And then I realized it wasn't even on the show. It was just part of the hype. And that really bummed me out. Uh, what did you think about this open and the rush of nostalgia for the 1991 Survivor Series? 
Gorilla and Bobby are absolutely the best. It, it just For sure. two of them together, and the intro package was awesome. I had uh, that's kind of what I remember being one of my favorite childhood angles was the Jake Snake Roberts and how dastardly he was, and how dare he bring that snake yeah. and you know the whole thing with Macho Man. Macho Man's always been my number one favorite, so um, I just feel like. They should have. They, I mean, they were supposed to be part of a Survivor Series team, which we find out later, um, or as as after the intro package, and then they just weren't. Yeah. And they wasted it on the Tuesday in Texas pay per view, which was to fly off this, the the a one off. Yeah. Yeah. Just just oh, we're gonna do a Tuesday night pay per view. I'm pretty and sure it was competing it. against the NWA pay per view at the time, or maybe it was a WCW. Uh, I think it was like a Clash of Champions because Clash of Champions was on TV at that point on TBS. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. Okay, that makes a little more sense. I didn't even think about that, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I, uh, I, I just wish that that they could. I wish they would have extended the Jake Snake Macho Man feud up until Royal Rumble, or even maybe maybe carried it to WrestleMania. I just felt like the it was just so sudden. It does that make Agreed. sense? And yeah. I, I, and, or at least give it to us on this show. You know sure. what I mean? But yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I mean, it, it got me hyped up for something that I wasn't gonna see. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I felt that way about much of this show, but let's get into this opening yeah. match here. Um, it's a survi- standard Survivor Series match, which I didn't realize almost all of the matches on this card are standard Survivor Series tag matches. But it's the Million Dollar Man, the Mountie, the Warlord, and Ric Flair versus Bret Hart, Virgil, the British Bulldog, and Roddy Piper. Uh, man, matches like these are normally just a hodgepodge and a good way to get all the stars kind of on the show and make the crowd happy, but it's never like match of the night or anything like super impressive. And, and I mean, as far back as I can remember, I don't remember a single Survivor Series elimination match just like stealing the show. Um, and this wasn't wasn't really any different. It was what it was. They they had some funny spots in there. Flair got his classic shit in. Brett got his cool moves in and showed off his technical prowess. Um, you know, Million Dollar Man got his stuff in, Bulldog, Piper, they all they all kind of got their, they all kind of ticked their boxes, they got their nostalgia rush in, so like, I mean, if, if you look at, literally, if you take out, you know, like, Mountie, Warlord, and Virgil, it's, the rest is just, like, first ballot Hall of Famers, so like, right. I mean, there, there's, there's enough meat on the bone there, to where I gave it about two and a half beers, uh, so I didn't hate it. Um, but I, you know, it was really, really freaking long. Like the match was so, so, so long. It was well over 20 minutes. And for a match like that, that's just should not happen. And the finish really kind of sucked too. I honestly feel like if it had been a little bit shorter and the finish had been a little bit better, this actually would have got a pretty decent grade for me. Where were you at on this, uh, this Survivor Series elimination? I like that at the beginning we saw all those managers, and it reminds yeah. me like I wish that we had managers like that now. Like we've got a couple, but I yeah. mean, just the managers coming out were Hall of Famers as well. There was just so much. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I liked this match a lot more than than you did. I um I like I liked that the match felt chaotic. Everybody got their moments and everything else. I feel like this is Bret Hart's uh, first Intercontinental reign, so he's fresh and. And newly, you know, on his own, um, the crowd was into it. I think that I, how Piper never won the WWF belt is beyond me because I feel like Piper was easily the most over person on this match. Yeah, which is wild. Um, I agree. But I, 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 the match felt chaotic. There was so many different run-ins and everything that uh, I, I liked the ending. I liked how the referee was just like, you know what? 
fuck it. You know what? Yeah, I, I've given you an opportunity. You know, where I'm trying to be as fair as possible and let those things go. But I think that I like the ending. Yeah. It was just different. And I even had forgotten that and was like, oh, shit, what's going on? And Andy's like, you don't remember? I'm like, no, because he actually watched some of this with me. And uh, he was like, that's different. And I don't remember another match ending like that recently anyway. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there is. There's, but I don't know, man. I gave it four out of six. So, yeah, man. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, I hate to tell you this, but this is like one of my matches of the night for this show. Um, uh, it is me too. And so, like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that though. Let's bounce on back over to the current product. It's NXT Halloween Havoc, match number two on the card here. Uh, well, before we get to the match number two, it's a pretty solid long segment with uh, kind of Pat McAfee explaining himself and explaining how they got to the scenario that they're with. And I think that this is like the biggest pleasant surprise ever is how well Pat McAfee has really done. Um, I think he's insanely talented considering he's not really a wrestler. And he, I mean, the match that he had with Adam Cole at that last takeover was top notch. It was a really damn good match. And um, I mean, just to be that green and to be that, awesome is is great I'm, I'm really excited about it he's a natural heel he's great on the mic i i would love to see him get a solid full-time run uh just to get adam cole to the main roster i also like that they're also doing those like very old school style like vignette things like the the superstar spotlights they did one for finn and it was great uh now we get to the other backstage shit that kind of sucked uh we had the cameron grimes and regal like promo that was like Cameron Grimes just shaking because he's got to go do this weird cinematic match with Dexter Loomis. I understand that you're doing this cheesy like horror B movie like vibe because it's Halloween Havoc and that's kind of part of the the shtick is that it's cheesy. I just think that both guys are pretty damn good and I don't think either one of them really is a comedy act and you kind of made them a comedy. I mean, I can kind of see Cameron Grimes being a comedy act, but to me, Cameron Grimes is more of like a road dog, like. He's funny because he's witty and because he's kind of an asshole, but he's not like Santino Morella. You know what I mean? It, it, he shouldn't be treated that way. And Dexter Loomis, to me, is not funny at all. And yeah. so, like, putting him in this kind of cheese thing, I, I don't know. I didn't like it at all. I do like Pete Dunne turning heel. Pete Dunne looked absolutely phenomenal, too. Oh, he yeah, was shredded did. to bits, man. And I love him as a heel. I'm super excited about that faction versus Undisputed Era. What do you think about this? Because we covered a lot of ground just in, like, segments really so what do you think about this yeah. whole like middle ground between matches um i hate that brizango didn't hold the titles longer i didn't realize that they had lost them um yeah. and 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 i i love oni lorkin super talented is is what's up with the rest of undisputed is 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 roderick and bobby out are they injured no i just don't think they were there for some reason i don't know why that would i mean i feel like it's going to be explained but it okay. wasn't Okay, because I was just confused why nobody else came out. I know that they had a COVID pop, you know, oh, right yeah. before right before the TV the TV special happened. So that could have had something to do with it. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, no, I was glad to see Pete Dunn back. He uh, he, I feel deserves to be on the main roster. He's super young, talented. He is openly. I mean, if you watch some of his indie stuff, I don't know if you have or not, but like he's. Oh super, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Just, Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it, it gets me excited for what can be, you know, Oni and, and, and them facing the undisputed era. And, but I mean, I don't know. It didn't really, it just built towards the future. I didn't hate it, but I, yeah. you know, 
No, I agree. It was a good segment, though. and I felt like they did a really good job. I do like, I mean, anytime I get Pat McAfee on the mic, I think it was great. But let's yeah. get into the match here. It's going to be Jake Atlas versus San- Santos Escobar for uh, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Um, man, what were your thoughts on this uh, this NXT Cruiserweight Championship match? I thought, I thought it was too short. Um, Agreed. I, I, I think that they worked really well together. It was yeah. hard. It was hard hitting. Um, I like how Jessica Escobar paid homage with his ring gear to Mysterio. Um, Jake Atlas is just a fucking great. Uh, Jake yeah. Atlas has such a history with like. Did you ever see this WWE like undercover boss thing with Stephanie McMahon? No. I'm like, okay, so you, are you familiar with the show? They take like the yeah. head company and then they move them in. And they you see different people. So Jake Atlas was part of that episode years ago. And he talked about being openly gay and never having a fair opportunity on the indie circuit. And Stephanie McMahon kind of took him under his wing a little bit, or under her wing a little bit. Yeah. Helped him get connected, get the right training. And it wasn't just because of her, but she had a hand in it. And now Jake Atlas is back and actually signed with WWE. So it's kind of yeah. a, it's good to see him get these moments. I just wish it would have been longer. Uh, oh, I gave sure. it two out of six beers just because there wasn't enough. It just made me want more, which if they're going to build a feud with this, then maybe that's what they wanted to do. But I was just disappointed just because it wasn't long enough. Yeah, I think they are building toward towards something. I feel like they are going to get a push behind Jake, and I think he's worth it. I think he's kind of shown his talent. I think he's got natural charisma, and I think he's got this natural likability too. Like, I don't think his promos are off the charts, but I think that there's just – like, I didn't even know that backstory, but he just seems likable. You know what I mean? Like, he just seems like a natural baby face. He just seems like a likable person. Um, and I, I felt the same way. I was like, I could have seen, I could have standed to get at least three to five more minutes of this match, but I enjoyed it. I gave it three beers, three. I'm right there kind of in the middle, you know, solid, solid buzz going on after three beers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I am, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Uh, especially considering, you know, Escobar has that like phantasma, like a uh, faction or whatever. I, I, I'm interested to see if it's, if they end up putting together like these, like, random bit like if it's like jake atlas and like kushida and like, you know what i mean like they make this little yeah. like uh baby face faction thing to work against them i think that that would be kind of cool um but yeah man let's keep it rolling let's jump back over to 1991 um yeah we had a really cool promo from jake of course because his promos are always phenomenal and the sweater that he was wearing just made me super jealous i would wear it today i loved it it was super 90s but i his sweater was incredible yeah um uh, so yeah, the promo I thought was great, um, but it's I, I, th- okay. This is the first time that I write. It seems weird just to have like a really long interview segment on our pay per view at a time when you only did four paper like four pay per views a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, this why? is the second one of the night too. Yeah, because Savage did one with yeah. Elizabeth and, coming out and everything, yeah. and, and so yeah, it was just it felt ill timed. A lot of downtime, yeah. like a lot of downtime. Um, which is kind of the story and the plague of this night. Uh, what did you think about that segment, though, like the the Jake's promo and all that? Uh, I agree 100% with you. It's it just uh, how I hate what all I could think was if Roberts kept clean and did what oh, he was supposed to do, what Roberts would be oh, on God. the Mount Rushmore. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's already a legend just for doing what he did, but like, yeah. yes, absolutely, he would be. I mean, undeniably one of the best of all time i hate that he was his own worst enemy through all of this but yeah roberts is just i don't know man he uh is great promo great promo yeah fantastic promo uh let's get into the match here 
Match number two is another tag team elimination match. It's going to be Sheik, uh, the Iron Sheik, Hercules, Berserker, and Skinner versus Sergeant Slaughter, Tito Santana, or El Matador, as he was here, Kerry Von Erich, or the Texas Tornado, as he was here, uh, against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, man, two back-to-backs for Survivor Series matches is really not a great idea, is what I wrote down, and then I realized that like that's just what they did for this show, other than like the title match, and I was like, damn, that's an awful idea. Like You made your whole show just based on like group tag matches? Like, how did this show ever get over? Because that's an awful idea. Like, uh-huh. it just, um, this match was not, not great for me. Uh, I mean, there was, there was some comedy bits with Hacksaw that I thought were funny. It was nice to see Sarge in the ring, like, moving well. Um, so, I mean, a little bits here and there. I thought Skinner was surprisingly better than I remember. Little bits here and there. I gave it, like, a beer, one beer, maybe beer and a half. Um, where are you at on this uh, second Survivor Series match? Uh, I'm right there with you. I feel like the match accomplished its goal, and and just seeing everybody come out, I felt like it was one-sided. I'm like, well, obviously Duggan's team is going to win. Yeah. Like it was obvious to me. Yeah. Um, Skinner, I, he was underrated, and I agree with you 100%. He's better than I remember him being. I know that the wrestler, I don't know. I know the guy that portrayed Skinner had done other things and was the original Doink and and. Was a good wrestler, but I just. He was the second doink. He was the second, second doink. doink. Yeah. My bad. Who was the first doink? Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne. Okay, that's right. That's his like main thing. He yeah. went. He went into like uh, ECW after that, and he like had half the doink thing. Like he was being oh. reborn or whatever. Matt Bourne reborn. It was yeah. kind of a thing. Um. Did you know that Texas that Kerry Von Erich he lost his right foot? Did you know that? In a motorcycle accident. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah, that's cr- that's wild. I have forgotten all about it. So, uh, about three or four minutes into it i looked it up just to see and then i felt i felt he moved around a lot better than than i remember him yeah then you would expect too. yeah 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 but yeah i gave it two out of six beers i feel like it just it was a feel-good match everybody was all in dug in and the usa chance and slaughter is you know he's with america again because it was just his past wrestlemania before that he was the world champion and was getting beat up by hulk hogan so Slaughter's a new newer baby face and Right. I don't know, man. Two out of six beers. It, it it accomplished its goal. I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, let's talk about something that, at least in my mind, did not accomplish its goal whatsoever. We'll jump back over here to NXT's Halloween Havoc. Um, well, first off, we had Ember Moon and Dakota Kai's like little feud package that was pretty good, kind of promoting their upcoming fight or whatever. And then Shotzi introduces the Haunted House of Terror match, and it's supposed to be Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis. And we got... This, it, it it totally sucked, man. This whole thing totally sucked. It was super cheese, like PG horror B list movie, and it wasn't for me at all. Like, I'm I'm I mean to be fair, like I'm not a cheesy horror guy to begin with. So like, it was already an uphill battle, and I just I really feel like these this like you don't you didn't need to have a cinematic match. Like I feel like we're past that. Like that was early quarantine, and like now we don't want that anymore. Like nobody wants to see. I feel like cinematic matches happen, and they happened as like a, a surprise thing, you know, like the Boneyard match and like the Firefly Funhouse match. Those ended up being hits, and that was that was awesome. But like, then you started to see them like almost every pay per view for a while, and they just got worse and worse. And this is the worst one yet. I feel like it just wasn't good at all. Totally missed the mark. So not one damn beer. I'm going to another bar. Uh, what did you think about uh, Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis in this, you know, this super cheese match? 
Well, Andy, uh, I, I took I, I, I okay. Let me give you my thoughts, and then I took Andy's thoughts for this too, because as okay. somebody who just kind of keeps up with wrestling, just to have conversations with me, he loves the cinematic matches, so he wanted to oh, sit down okay. and watch it. So, because yeah. he likes the cheesiness, so yeah. <laughs> his his viewpoints are going to be a little bit different than ours. I think it was a waste of both talents' time. I think. Yeah. The whole, I mean, they could have slugged it out in the ring and had a decent, you know, three or four beer match and without all the cheesiness. And I don't feel like their story, I mean, have they been feuding for a while? Like yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think a super, I mean, Dexter Loomis just came back from injury. So right. maybe a week or two build up for this. Maybe. That's what I thought. That's why I was like, if you're going to go with a cinematic match and, and make it seem so important or so, like, why would you waste it so early in the feud, you know? Yeah. But anyway, uh, I gave it I gave it one beer out of six. But Andy gave it five out of six beers because he just had to finish five beers to get through it. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Oh, God, um, I love Andy, mate. <laughs> he said it wasn't scary enough. The media commercial that came on after the match was scarier than the whole match. Um, <laughs> he said that he liked the trailer because that's where he would picture Dexter Loomis living. living. <laughs> Was yeah. South Florida double wide with a lot of taxidermy. Um, yeah. He was hoping for like a Dexter style splatter room, you know, from the TV show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, he was being hunted down by Dexter. Uh, Cameron was at one point. He run, he jumped in the shower. And then Andy was just like, is Dexter going to try and fuck him in the shower now? What are we actually <laughs> watching right now? He was just full of these one-liners, like the girls oh, that... They came out of the coffins. He was like, oh, God, the Bella Twins look horrible. I want to get him on a watch-along show. Like, I want to do that so bad. We've we got to make a, that happen at some point. We can do that. we got to get him high enough and get a yes. couple of shots of whiskey in him. And yes. he just lets loose because I love he it. has no favoritism. He just, yeah. he just watches it for what it is, you know. Yes. So We've got to get one of those shows lined up. Maybe for, yeah. maybe we'll do it for, like, Royal Rumble or something after That'd the be a first. Lot of fun. He, 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 Royal Rumble is one of his favorites because he likes yeah. 30 people coming out and yeah he gets, he gets super into the women's matches too oh so. yeah that, yeah why would you yeah. not i do too i mean there's some <laughs> of the best some of the best workers on the planet now are, are women yep you're right but, let's yeah, keep what, it let's keep it moving here though what do we got what do we got up here man what, what's uh, up next i think we're back over on the 91 side right and we're gonna do uh mean gene pops up to get jake's side of the story or whatever um and that was kind of that was kind of awesome. Another note about how awesome the sweater was. But then on to the match, man. The, uh, essentially, the main event of the show, even though it's like right in the middle of the mat of the show, which is super strange. But it's the Undertaker versus the not so immortal. You're coming off your highest of highs, Hulk Hogan, uh, for the WWF Championship. This is right around the time that Hulkamania really is kind of dying. Uh, people are kind of just tired to see it in the yellow and the red and tired of hearing about prayers and vitamins. And, um, man, this is a classic 80s, 90s Hogan match. You know, it's a big monster heel, beats up Hulk Hogan most of the match. Then Hogan, you know, hulks up and gets his classic comeback. Uh, but it was really good. I mean, I, I mean, I will say that it was it was really good. Um, they, they they surprisingly the work rate was decent. I felt like there wasn't a moment. I mean, it was a slow paced main event style WWF match. It wasn't you know any technical um, you know clinic, but it was also it, it was passable. I don't. I feel like you know even if you love Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, you could watch this match. And it's not a, a total bore fest. I was pretty impressed with it. Uh, it was kind of. 
kind of ironic. It was kind of weird to watch the Undertaker visibly be the one that's like being carried through the match. You know what I mean? Like you could tell that Hulk is really helping him through the match. Uh, so that was a unique kind of perspective from me. Uh, of course, I love I love all the stuff that Flair did in WWF, uh, his first run. So I, I love that he was involved here. I love that he slid in the chair for the tombstone. And the young boy Undertaker wins his first ever WWF title. Man, surprisingly, um, this, this is obvious. I mean, well, I guess not surprisingly, but this is easily match of the night for me. Uh, I'm five beers deep on this one. I really, really did enjoy this Undertaker versus Hogan match. Where are you at on it? I have it down for five beers as well. Um, typical sloping match, like you said, uh, lots of downtime, lots of choking. Um, uh, when Flair came out, I, my my only note really from that was why did Hogan go out and attack Flair first? I mean, I, he, he I, that kind of seemed a little funny to me because Flair hadn't done anything yet. And, you know, why would Hogan go out of his way and take his eyes off the Undertaker when he didn't right. really need to, at least at that point? Agreed. Um, and then, but but the whole thing was supposed to cue the Flair Hogan feud in WWF that never happened. So because they were building towards it being Flair and Hogan at WrestleMania eight the following March, but it ended up being Macho Man against Flair and that whole Miss Elizabeth World Title type yeah. situation. But I don't know, man. I I feel like I would have liked it more if it would have built towards an actual Flair Hogan feud but uh, the match itself was was great and Undertaker winning the belt exactly a year after his debut and then the little pop that came after Undertaker got the three count yeah I was surprised by that yeah yeah I just think it was it was a lot of shock that like because he got a one two three I mean Hogan wasn't taking pins whether he was being cheated ever really yeah yeah so um yeah man five out of six I, I I dug it Solid. I feel like it's a pretty solid uh, overall match, man. If you get a chance, and if you are a fan of that Hulk Hogan, like uh, the classic Hulk Hogan run, uh, this is maybe kind of a, a lost gem um, on his, you know, because I, I know that by 91, he was kind of already on his way down, and especially like WrestleMania 9, uh, that that other run that he had shortly after this, I feel like was even worse. But yeah. this is kind of like one of the bright spots of 90s uh, babyface Hulk Hogan, at least. Um, before we got into the WCW stuff. But, um, yeah, let's jump back over to NXT's Halloween Havoc. Um, we got through that awful Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis bullshit. Now we are on <laughs> to match number four here. It's Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. Whew. Boy, this match was a damn banger, dude. I uh-huh. loved this match. I was like, I'm, I popped super hard for this one. Um, heavy hitters, super strong style. Like it, like you know, a lot of times you have like two big man wrestlers, like uh, you know, like Nash and the Giant, where it looks great on paper, but then the match happens and it totally sucks. Or like Kane versus Taker. Like there's been two times in the however many dozen matches they've had that it's been really good. The Inferno match was super good because that was a gimmick and there was so much going on there. And then they had a buried alive match that was phenomenal. Um. But most, for the most part, like, and also those are two of the greatest big men of all time. Uh, but for the most part, two big guys or two big wrestlers pitted against each other is not always the greatest. This was not the case. These two have like amazing chemistry. Uh, they flowed very well together. Uh, almost, I mean, and I'm a big Ray Ripley fan. I think she's phenomenal. I think she's super smooth. I think she is like a great powerhouse woman. I think that's like a great vibe for her. That Amazon type vibe uh but i also feel like raquel kind of ha- it does the same thing and they i felt like they both built each other you know what i mean like 
I, I like it, to me like they both won. You know what I mean? They both went over in this match. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I think this is actually the best match on the card to me. This is my match of the night. And dude, I drank all my beer. It's a six out of six for me. No. Uh, if I have to recommend a match from either show, I'm recommending this one right off the bat. It's Ray Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. That's that's where I'm at with it. Benji, what do you think about these ladies slugging it out? Man, I, I I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as you did, though. Six out of six? When was the last time you gave a six out of six rating? Oh, we're talking about beers. I'm I'm a slight alcoholic, so I, I give six out of six probably well, at least once a show, probably. Okay. Okay. I'm like, on the show with you and I, I don't think I've heard a six out of six. Um, I felt I didn't like that we came back and Rio was already in the ring. I, I felt That's like it, it made me sad. I feel like it's just one of those little small nuances. Rhea is such a force and supposed to be the future. And she was feuding with Charlotte, you know, just earlier this year. She's back. And, and, and you know, this is her first showing since she came back from injury. Or, right? I mean, yeah. she's been her first real for a showing. while. Yeah, I think, she had a, I think she's had a couple of matches on TV. but Yeah. But I don't know. It just made me feel like it was kind of an afterthought. I feel like Gonzalez, if they were going to, you know, cut one, Gonzalez should have already been in the ring. But that was just a small thing. Um, hard hitting match. I think they both have potential uh, to to keep growing. I, I it's my second favorite match on the card. So uh, I gave it four out of six. Four out of six. Okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Four. Out of, I'll, I'll take that. I just really enjoyed it. I was honestly, I think for me, it was more surprise than anything else because I've always been a fan of Ray Ripley, but I haven't really seen enough Raquel Gonzalez, and I was just assumed she was going to be clunkier than she was. She seemed yeah. way more seasoned. She wasn't nearly as green as I uh, maybe you know shouldn't have judged her to be, but expected her to. Be. I expected her to be a little bit more green, just from just based on what I've seen on TV. Uh, but her, the match was phenomenal. I, I think they did a really good job. I was pleasantly surprised. Let's jump back on over here to 1991, though. Um, the next match on the card is going to unfortunately be uh, the Beverly Brothers and the Nasty Boys versus the Bushwhackers and the Rockers. But before we get there, um, I got to say, dude, most of these matches were really long. And I got OK, l- listen, if I'm if I'm a fan in 91 and 91, I was like six or seven years old. My parents yeah. were not letting me buy pay-per-views, so I did not see any of the pay-per-views, but I never missed superstars and never missed Raw once it started. I was always there. Um so if I'm paying $50 for this pay-per-view, like literally time-stamped over an hour of this show, over an hour of the pay-per-view is just interviews and backstage segments. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the outpouring of like protest on Twitter if the WWE had a special where they had one match and just an pretty much an hour of just interviews like what mm-hmm. oh it was, well, it was... See, as a kid i loved it i mean like we didn't have i yeah. mean i grew i was around the same i was seven in 91 um we had uh, we always went to the video store so we would wait until blockbuster yeah the, yeah and then we'd hit blockbuster drop the five bucks and then that's how i would watch it and just a couple months after it was done but as a kid this was always one that i loved and i think it's just because of the nostalgia factor with it because i was young and Super into you know Hogan and Slaughter and Undertaker, but yeah, man, this match here was the the longest match of the night, and um, I don't I don't know, man. And I mean, I I hate the Survivor Series concept now, much like you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the time though, I, I I liked it, but I mean, I will okay. So I will say like in ring work. As far as in-ring work goes, I think that this was the best of the Survivor Series matches on the mm-hmm. card. I think that there was, um, I mean, first of all, I mean, 
it was funny. Like the Bushwhackers spots were co- comedic. The Beverly's, the Beverly Brothers stuff was comedic. I, I didn't have to take it seriously. Uh, and then when, when you kind of got to the Rockers and the Nasty Boys, it was some more hard hitting. And you know, Young Sean. The coolest part about this match to me was seeing the initial seeds of the Rockers breaking up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was super cool to see. Um, so I gave it three out of six. I, I mean, like I'm I'm kind of right there in the middle on this. I'm I'm three beers out of six on this one. I didn't I didn't absolutely hate it. If I had to sit through a 1991 Survivor Series match, I'd probably pick this one. Yeah, I, I gave I forgot all about the Beverly Brothers. I felt like oh same. The the two of them I felt worked really well together, and I remember liking them as a kid just because they were comedic, you know. Yeah. Um, the Rockers were so over, and and I liked the fact that you know Marty Jannetty was the last one on the team, and. You know, because it was just a couple months after this when they did the split in the whole barbershop window. So, right. um, I, I agree with you. This is, uh, I gave it four out of six. It was, it was fast paced enough where it kept me interested, but I was still like trying to stay awake at the same yeah. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that makes sense. No, but, I hear you totally. I hear you. I mean, it's, I think that's just the style of match, honestly. Like, no matter who's in it, it's just, that's just too many bodies and, mm-hmm. Plus, especially at that point in time where, like, even fast, like, you know, the Rockers were, like, ricochet and, like, you know what I mean? Like, that, right. it's like so it's like that that, that kind of style, you're not going to see the, the speed that you would see in 2020. Uh, speaking of speed, though, let's jump back on over here to uh, the NXT Halloween Havoc thing. And, I, dude, I could have completely done out without, like, any of the Grimes and Loomis bullshit. But the fact that they kept it going, like, they just kept it going. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to see these guys have an actual match. I think the actual yeah. match would have been probably pretty damn good. But this was awful. I will say I absolutely love what they're doing with Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. I absolutely love that like comedy esque like kind of tag team. But and then when they have matches like it's pretty damn good. Like I I, I like that dynamic. I think it's super awesome. Um, I think it's like everything WWE should be because you're still getting a lot, all that entertainment. You're getting all those, you know, uh, memorable vignettes. I honestly think, um, you know, and they did, they did the whole throwback with Drake being dressed up as, you know, Hulk Hogan. They had the mummy and then the guy of the giant do like the, the awkward hump thing, which was so funny to me. It like such so a funny. good callback, the Shockmaster stuff. It was great. Like I was a big fan of it. Um, what did you think about those segments before we get to this main event here? Um, I, I like, I agree with you hundred percent. I just said it was a funny throwback moment. It made me happy. And, and, uh, uh, Killian Dane, I, Killian Dane's a beast. I can't wait for him to absolute beast. Uh, just, I, I want him to just, just murder somebody. Um, Loomis, I, I feel he's a little bit older too. He, I, he, I looked him up and he's 36. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Loomis, if he, he's kind of in the same boat with, um, uh, with with early with Damian Priest, we I, if they're gonna act, they need to act now because Loomis is getting up there. And I had I told asked Andy, I was like, I feel like Loomis should join Bray and Alexa. I think that would be a little interesting dynamic, but that's just because well, I like Dexter Loomis, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think what do you think if he were to get called up and join Bray and Alexa? Do you what are your feelings on that? I mean, I feel like I feel like that would be that could be very very cool. Um, It'd be easy to fuck up though too. Yeah. Okay. So the weird thing about NXT at this point to me is like I feel like you know they made their name on being like 
the workhorse, like, you know, the IWC's favorite, you know, brand, right? right? But now, like, they still are to an extent, but I feel like they're more like new generation WWF. Like, it's like they're trying to get these gimmick guys over. Like, it's like everybody has a gimmick now again. Yeah. And it's like, re- like, and maybe that's okay. Maybe, I mean, the business is cyclical. Maybe, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need gimmick guys again. But, like, it just, I mean, I don't know. Like, then you turn on the main roster, and it's like, there's not, I mean, there's not very many. Like, mo- no. most people are just who they are. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, they're who they are. Uh, you know, with, with maybe like slight tweaks. I mean, of course, you got guys like Rollins, where he's like a cult leader, or whatever, but he's still fucking Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? He's still right, wrestling right. like Seth Rollins. Like, he's not, he's not like, you know, I don't know, a dentist or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I feel like we're going to get there. I feel like that's the, and I feel like NXT is kind of pushing that direction. So, like, I really don't, it's weird because it's like you would think a gimmick like Loomis is so tailor-made for the main roster. But to me, it's like, I don't think, I think he's more like a Gargano or a Ciampa. I think you just keep him in NXT for years, like okay. years, like four or five years. Like, just just let him have his career there. Like, you know, I don't know if you know this, but, like, Ciampa has, they've tried to call him up, like, two or three times over the past five years. And he's like, oh, yeah. I will literally quit. I will not, like, I'm, I'm NXT. I don't want to tour. I want to live here in Florida with my family. I want to come to the building and do my shows and go home. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like he's like, if you say if you draft me to Raw, I will just leave and go to New Japan and just do a couple tours a year and then stay home the rest of the time. Like, yeah. so I mean, I respect that. I totally do. Uh, I, I mean, at this point too, I don't think I see really Gargano going. And it, like, I think that the, I know we're getting off on a tangent here, but we got plenty of time. We're almost done with these shows. Uh, I really do feel like we're getting to a point where the brand is truly a main brand. Like we've always like as internet fans, we've always said that it is, but like, I think even to the, to the, the casuals, to the randos that just watch wrestling every now and then NXT is finally becoming uh, at least something recognizable to them. So I would like, I, I feel like we should start having developmental guys start on raw, start on SmackDown, start on NXT, start on where, wherever you might feel that they're, they're, their gimmick would be- work best if, if there's no gimmick and they're just a high flyer. Put them on SmackDown. There's there right. seems to be more that that, that kind of high high pay stuff there. If you feel like you know they're not really got the work rate, but the but the personalities there, they're a great promo. Go ahead and th- start them on Raw just right off the bat. I don't see, I mean, because NXT to me, and, and I really do want to get to a point where we're seeing guys that used to be in NXT. I know we have it with Finn. I mean, look at him; he's done great since he's been back to being the champ. Yeah. I'd love to see Owens come back. I would love to see mm-hmm. even Sammy come back after losing the IC title. I would love to see AJ get called down and go against Finn. You know what I mean? Like that's something right. we never really got. Um, and I think honestly, I think you AJ would be more apt to do that. He lives in Georgia. He could just if he, all he had to do was go to Florida. He's used to that. That's what he did for TNA for years and years and years. So um, I don't know. I think that that's a possibility. I know we're off on a tangent, man, but where do you see now that we're in it? Where do you see these brands going? What would you like to see from all three brands moving forward? No, I think I, I, I agree with you. I think that that now that NXT is not just the the breeding ground for WWE prospects, NXT is actually, you know, its own market. You know, it's it's thanks to USA and, and, and yeah. all that. Um, I, I think that NXT is being looked at differently, which is, I think, why you know like ember moon's down in nxt again and yes. uh-huh. and uh we say down but i say down as in like it's florida 
but yes, um, yeah, yeah, regionally, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like they need to 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 shake it up a little bit more. If they're gonna go and make NXT a third brand, they need to shuffle it up and bring a bigger name. You know, like an AJ. Styles I agreed. Yeah. To to legitimize that NXT is a third band and not just developmental. Or Daniel Bryan. Now yeah, would be a perfect Bryan time too. He just got crushed by the USO. Like you know, he just got beat up by an USO. Like yeah. the, the the best thing you could do for his name is just throw him in NXT, dude. Like yep. oh, it would be massive. Could you imagine Bryan versus Finn? Oh, yeah. it'd be amazing. And Gargano and and yes, yeah, be, oh dude, all the matchups. Champa, I mean yeah. Priest. Oh, mm-hmm. it'd be so good. Oh. Well, here we maybe go, man. One day. Maybe yeah, maybe one day. one day. Let's get back on track here. It's Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. Oh, what did you think of Tomas's, uh, um, uh interview right here? Oh, I loved it. I, I mean, listen, I'm I mean, I'm a psycho killer guy, number one, yeah. first and foremost. I think that him and Gargano really like because people forget about the mass exodus that happened. Like, you know, like NXT really started getting big in like 2014 until like 16, and then like pretty much everybody got called up all at once, and like. I really feel like Organo and Champa were the main guys that kept it going. So like, yeah, loved I love Champa, and I'm I'm actually a bigger fan of Champa than I am of Gargano to begin with. I am um, but yeah, I mean I, I love him to death. I love that he's so loyal. I love that he's so genuine. He like I, when I watch him do a promo or wrestle, like not one ounce of me is ever outside of my disbelief. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. wrapped up in that character. He is who who he says he is. You know what I mean? Like. He's like almost like Stone Cold level. Like Stone Cold is Stone Cold all the time, twenty four seven. You believe it? Like that's Champa to me. Yep. Uh, this is his last line. Just I, I, at the end, and, and, and the camera went to black. I was just like, I said it out loud. I was like, take back your NXT. Like it, it just you could. He just has something that a lot of people, most people, don't have. It's yes. just the believability factor behind yes. it. You know. True charisma. All right, go to the match. I just wanted to get your feeling on them because I know how you feel about Tommaso and. Yeah, that promo was just great. It was killer for sure. Yeah, let's go on here to the next one. It's uh, like I said, Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. It's NXT Women's Championship. It's a tables, ladders, and scares match. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh or boo. Either one really kind of works there. Ooh. At one point, Io hit Candice LeRae with a rubber arm, and she sold it. And I did laugh my ass off at that. I, I did too. Super funny. Yeah. Um. I mean, they worked hard. They really did. The women worked hard, but it was way too gimmicky. Uh, I feel like you'd already gotten enough of that stuff out with like all the cheese, with all the you know Shotzi Blackheart stuff, with all the Dexter Loomis and and Cameron Grimes stuff. I feel like you got all of it out. Like even e- even the making fun of WCW thing with Drake Maverick and Killian Dan, you got all that all the stuff out. This match should have been amazing, and yeah. it, it it really wasn't. Uh, also, too, I really feel like Candice LeRae only has a job because Johnny Gargano is Johnny Gargano. Because I don't think that she's a very good wrestler at all. And I love Io Shirai. But, dude, okay. So they set up this double table spot. And they, like, tease it the whole time. And it's just a swinging neckbreaker off the apron. Right. It's, yeah. It's just, like, bro, they were heavier in 90. Like, at least Terry Funk would do a pile driver in 1990. Like, right. this is, this is, that was awful. Like, I love Io Shirai too, man. I love it. Uh, now, I mean, like, I, all right. Again, they worked hard. The gimmick parts of it were awful. Like the this match would have been better off with no gimmicks, just being a straight up wrestling match. Or right. if they had done a gimmick, like, um, I don't know, 
I don't know, maybe two out of three falls or something like that that would kind of still kind of keep it pretty much technically sound. And it wasn't a terrible match. I gave it two beers. It wasn't the worst thing I'd ever seen. Um, but it wasn't good either, especially to main event, at least a, an NXT TV special. I know it wasn't a pay-per-view, but, I mean, they branded it as a pay-per-view. It, you know, it was treated like it was a quote-unquote takeover. So it sh- the, the, I just felt like the main event should have been better, man. What do you think about this, uh, this women's match? I'm with you. I, I, I like the fact that it was the two of them that were closing out the quote-unquote pay-per-view. Um, I like that it was women's match being the headliner. Uh, Candace is okay. I feel like she's just an okay worker. And it, it, if her matches are good and she does good, it's because of who she's working with. So I felt like the match was going to be much better than it was. And I don't know, man. It just missed the mark completely for me. I, I, I wanted to like it. I really did. But I gave it three out of six beers. And the only enticing thing to me was the way that Candace landed the ladder at the end, how she just fell through on her ass. Yeah. I feel like that was, I mean, I feel like she had to feel that the next morning. Oh, and for then, sure. Again, who is Scream Face? Like, we've got Scream Face guy back again. And so, you know, I, it just missed the mark completely for me. And I honestly thought Candace was going to win because earlier when Gargano won, I felt like they were setting them up to, to hold the titles together. But, Agreed. I don't know, man. Yeah, maybe maybe Candace can can get a win another day or find another company to work for. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, but yeah, let's keep it going here. Let's keep it rolling. We'll jump back over to 1991 and cover their main event here. I say main event very gingerly because it was fucking trash, to be completely honest. Okay, and all right, this is this is my tirade here, by the way. Like, if you look at this show in reverse. Because, like, either way, Taker and Hogan would be third. That's mm-hmm. the way you should have done it. This should have been the first I, match. The yeah. Match number four should have been the second match. Match number two should... I mean, even the, if the main event had been Million Dollar Man, Mountie, Warlord, Ric Flair against Bret Hart, Virgil, Bulldog, Piper, that makes way more sense way to be the actual sense. main event than to have the fucking Natural Disasters and IRS versus the Big Boss Man and LOD. What are you... What? Like, why? Who? Okay, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Bruce Bruce was around at this point, but I want answers, Bruce. I want answers because this is garbage. Like, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible order to put your card in. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I was not a fan. It was just, a, it was just big men running into each other. What do you think about this one? Um, I felt like it was shit. I, I mean, this is the match that <laughs> Macho Man and Jake the Snake were supposed to be a part of. So, yes. You know, if that was the case, then I see why it's closing the show. But it's funny that you said you would have just reversed the entire order of the matches because I said the exact same thing. In my yeah. And we just would have flipped the card completely. I get why the Undertaker-Hogan match was in the middle because you want to send people home happy and you want to have the crowd cheering. And you couldn't do that with the Undertaker winning the title. Um, this match just sucked. It was horrible. I, I mean, the big boss man, LOD, I guess was like, I mean, it was what warrior Hogan, LOD. They were like the big, they were super over. So I get why LOD won it. Um, I, one beer. I just was, I was ready to go to bed at the beginning of this. (laughs) And isn't their roster big enough to where they could have pulled two more people into the match if they wanted to. Oh, easily. 
Why did they just leave it at three on three? You're already screwing us for not giving us Jake the Snake and Macho Man. You're going to screw us again by only giving us three on three in a clunky ass match. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I feel like that's that's the way it should have been to begin with. I I don't know, man. To me, uh, I mean, again, Hogan and Taker was great, but 91 Survivor Series is a total miss for me overall. Like, I'm not going to that bar. It's not going to happen. <laughs> not, not for me. Uh, to me, NXT handedly won this kayfabe comparison. Halloween Havoc was a decent show. Um, if you get a chance, go check it out online. It was It's pretty solid. You can find it on Hulu, or you can all find it on the network, or anywhere else that you you know, illegally stream wrestling. I'm sure it's up there, too. So, um, Yeah, man, overall, though, for me, Halloween Havoc wins this one handedly. Uh, what do you think overall about these two shows? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm the one that suggested the Survivor Series just because I had such a fond memory as a as a kid. Yeah, and I hadn't watched it in years. So, yeah. um, I'll give you a pass. It's okay. Yeah, I I'm just really disappointed. Like we I also was, got was, like a little like tongue tied the last time because we were talking about SummerSlam and then Survivor right. Series or whatever. So like, really, we probably could have gone with Survivor Series '92 because uh, it did yeah. look a little bit better than than '91. Um, and maybe we will in the future. But speaking of the future, that's going to wrap up the actual show for us today. Let's go ahead and give you guys the rundown of what we have coming up next. Uh, next week's show is going to be the Kayfabe crew back in the house covering uh, AEW's full gear. Me and Jesse Baker and Wexley Lawson are going to be covering that one. I'm super pumped about that. I'm super pumped about everything that we have coming up. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Benji, where can people find you, man? What do you got going on? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Benji Nashville. Uh, I've got the TikTok thing going on, but still the one video that I've had up there for weeks. TikTok, yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a TikTok this week. I don't know. Um, just been pretty lazy laying on the couch and eating half-priced Halloween candy. Same. I have TikTok, and I have like two or three videos, but like I'm on it all the time. I just don't have a, I just don't feel like making shit. I'm just yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. Well, maybe we can come up with something together, and I don't know. Like, I don't know. Make it a wrestling thing. I'm all maybe. It'll be a good times. It'll be a good time. <laughs> well, you can always find me at Daniel Daybreak, also at Kfabe.com. The song that you're listening to right now is from my band, Rise the Wake. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Give us a five star review. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace.
Check it.